Thanks for tuning in to LGR Reviews on the Let's Get Ready Network. On this network, we talk about all the things you love, like movies, TV, sports, professional wrestling, and more. If you're interested in supporting the network, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash LGR Network. And please leave a rating and a review of this episode. Enjoy the show, everyone. Hey, everybody. How's it going? This is uh, Justin Hollywood Hambone here at the LGR, like reviews and, uh, you know, just the LGR network as a whole. Uh, we've got a couple of things I'm going to start off with. Just letting you know, like if you like to support or whatever and join our discord, you can join the Patreon. We also have a merch store with some of our stuff, with like some of the shows and stuff. We're going to be adding some things to that, some new things to that, you know, as soon as possible and everything else as we get that stuff done. And also, if you just like to listen to us on audio, we're on audio on all the platforms. Just look us up at LGR Network. And we also got the sports over there. So like if you want to hit up our sports channel, it's a new channel. We didn't we kind of wanted to separate the sports from the entertainment and kind of keep that as, you know, like just separated uh, so it may come across better and it's easier to find on YouTube and stuff like that. With that, without being said, man, let's go ahead. Let's get this started. What is up? What is up, guys? As you can see, it's me, Hollywood Hambone, here with LGR Network uh, doing our final uh, review of uh, Andor. I'll go ahead and tell you, we obviously are going to be spoiling it. So if you haven't seen it yet, hey, take a break, do whatever, come back and watch the uh, the show on uh, rerun there. And Brennan, uh, he is here. He's going to join us today. Uh, he's normally not here with us, but he's going to be here today. He's obviously a big Star Wars fan. He has his own podcast and stuff that he talks about Star Wars called Page Turners. They were not. I think he actually talks about other things like Star Trek, but we're not going to bring that up today. Uh, we're going to let that slide for oh, today because we're going to focus on Star Wars. And Wait, this, this isn't the show. this isn't the three hour podcast about Wrath of Khan. Damn, no, nah, the wrong like, show. You know what? And I'm going to tell you right here: brick walls and screws be damned. You know we're going to talk about this show regardless of what people think and what they may or may not love about the uh, show and everything else. But uh, yeah, we got some hot takes out there over the YouTube airways about this show uh, with certain particular individuals uh, and everything else. But it, it's one of those things to where me and you, Dagan, we've talked about this a few times. People like make these complaints about things that are kind of like, what in the world are you doing? Like, why is this a complaint? Like, seriously, 100% like uh, with the brightly colored speeder bikes, you know, in the book of Bubba Fett. Ruined like, my childhood. Ruined, yeah, completely yeah, ruined right. Star Wars. So we're yeah. saying there's an entire galaxy with thousands of planets and they, they can't have color. I, I don't no, understand. Not like, yeah, I don't get that. So like, that is what it is. But let's move on to Andor. We're going to uh, cover this final episode and also talk about our thoughts about the uh, season as a whole. I hope everybody enjoys it and everything else. But like, yeah, uh, we'll start off with Brennan because he's the guest, man. Like, how's everything been going, Brennan? Oh man, I I'm doing good. This uh, this show is something special, I tell you. Already think... letting some of his uh, thoughts leak out there. <laughs> it's something special. But it is. So, it, it is for sure. Yeah, Brennan, man, it's good to see you again since uh, the, the 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 showdown has been retired and things like that. Yep. You're still recognized as the FCL Star Wars champion in my book, so we we brought in an expert here today. Thank and, you. Uh, so it's, it's good to have you. Sweet. It's Excellent. good to be here. 
Absolutely. All right. I say, like, let's bust right up into it and everything else. And like I said, at the very end, we can kind of cover, like, the season as a whole, what we thought of the whole thing. But uh, we're we at first, we're going to focus here on uh, the last episode of Andor, which I, I thought personally was fantastic. But let's uh, go into it, man. Yeah, let's talk about it. I think, like, we could start by giving our overall thoughts on the episodes, kind of what we normally do here. And maybe even, like, add the season overall, you know, like, I, for me, this is one of, it might be the best, like, overall in terms of writing and, like, comprehensive storytelling, the best product that uh, Disney Star Wars has put out so far. I absolutely love this show. I thought this was a incredible first season. To me, I think this first season might eclipse Mandalorian's first season. I mean, I love that show as well. That show is very classic Star Wars, but this Andor show is just very like kind of different and unique. And I, I love that about it. And uh, in, in a way that it still absolutely fits in the star Wars universe, but there's just like a lot of corners of this galaxy that we haven't really seen yet. And I love how that, uh, that uh, is being explored on this show. And I also think that this finale, you know, we talked about if, if they were going to be able to deliver. And I thought that this was a very satisfying season finale to this show. And, Gets you hyped for season two, but also ra- kind of wraps everything up that uh, that would you know wraps up the plot, not everything that was going on in season one. So absolutely love that, and uh, yeah, just thumbs up for me overall. I think I think this might be the best one so far. I'm not sure if maybe like because I feel like there's a difference between like what I just objectively consider the best, you know, uh, overall, and what is like my favorite. And Mandalorian might still be like my favorite of the shows. But for me, I think this is like the best overall so far from Disney Star Wars so far, even like more so than any of the movies or anything. But yeah, I'm abs- I absolutely love this show. But uh, we want to go to our special guest next year. Brennan, what about you, man? What are your, like, your overall thoughts on the episode and the season? Oh, what a great ending, I must say. This, uh, the whole time, the tension was so high that the moment this episode ended, I had to take a breath. I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, for the rest of the day, I was coming down off of how high they ratcheted up the tension. Great episode, great conclusion. Everything went to Therix as I figured it would. Yeah, we were talking about that a couple weeks ago as well. We kind of, I think Justin might have said, yeah, it's probably all going to wrap up on the one planet. Oh, you know, the the yeah. And boy, did it! <laughs> it was it was great. It was wonderful. It's hard to sure. say what my favorite episode is because I think they were all good in their own way. And this series overall is operating on another level where it, in my opinion, transcends Star Wars. I like that word. To become maybe one of the greatest shows I've ever seen. Not just greatest Star Wars shows, but greatest TV shows. Yeah, I would put it up there with like the Watchmen series. There's other shows that were just like beyond beyond genre. Definitely. There's not a lot like that I have to criticize about this show. Like most shows, I find like little things here and there. To, even like the best of shows, you find little things to nitpick. But like, I barely had any nitpicks about this show. I mean, it's just, it's really, 
close to almost being a perfect season of television. Like it's just that good. It's yeah. really something else. But uh, what about yeah. you, Justin? Yeah, man. I mean, I agree with a lot of that. Uh, uh, we got a new uh, watcher here with us live. I think, unless this is some kind of covert name or whatever. But we got the Derpy Five Hundred First was like first oh. commenting on that thick. Beard. I thought this was Thank somebody you, who knows you but personally, like, Justin. Uh, yeah. And this person also says, honestly, I enjoyed Andor more than Mando because it was different side we haven't seen in Star Wars. Plus, it's a show that didn't need toy merchandise to make season two happen. I kind of agree with what he just said right there. But like my biggest key points is, is like there has been comments, you know, like about the, the show kind of started out a little slow. Right. Like the first few episodes wasn't like, you know, all this action packed, you know, things going on, which to me. Uh, I didn't totally agree with, and 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 I love Tony Gilroy because I saw some comments that he made that was particularly about that subject, and I loved everything he said about it. Like it takes a minute, guys. Like you can't just walk into like episode one pretending it's like episode seven, you know, and you're about to end the series. You have to walk into these, you have to tell these stories and let people live in them. And like all the little things that we got, like uh even uh andor like as a kid you know on that one planet and stuff even those little things like how he was found uh the stuff that we saw like with marvel you know when she was a little younger and stuff you know before her unfortunate passing in the series like all the things that we got these little bits of stuff that some people may have considered slow all the way up through here meant something at the end it made you want to when marva is like uh she's you know sitting there as the hologram and she's giving that speech to the town at the very end of this this episode we're talking about now it makes that speech more important it makes that speech uh makes you feel you know like oh my god like this right here is some real stuff the greatest thing about yeah exactly that scene right there but one of the greatest things about this show to me is i always have loved the dark side right now i'm going to tell you something though if I were to have seen a show like this when I was a kid, I probably wouldn't have loved the dark side as much because they actually truly for the first time in a very long time, besides like Rogue One, which is funny because Andor is actually in that movie. But besides Rogue One, where you had Darth Vader go through the hallway looking like Jason Voorhees from the Friday the 13th series, <laughs> like hacking people up. The thing about this is, is this show actually brought to light how powerful, how evil how you know demented the empire truly could be right the stormtroopers weren't jokes their footsteps actually brought fear yeah but like their footsteps actually brought fear you know what i'm saying to the hearts of people even andor and stuff because he knew what they could do in this show they actually did a lot of things they didn't miss a lot right they were hitting a lot of people they were taking people out like this show like i said really truthfully showed the scale of the empire and what the empire could do and what the empire is truly supposed to be in this universe we grew up with the first three films the original three films where some of that stuff was derpy you got one stormtrooper bumping his head trying to come out at one scene even though that was an accident it's still left in the movie and everything else but like the stormtroopers looked like they couldn't hit the broad side of a barn in most of those you know what i'm saying so it kind of made them look like chunks most of the time and we were enjoying this goofy fun ride but the thing that i loved about this is like you know what like everything can't be that goofy fun ride of star wars right sometimes you have to show the things that make things real like i said the speech from marva all the stuff that andor had to go through like during the prison and stuff like that like people dying left and right being tortured basically you know it it is a war at the end of the day yeah And and to be able to see that in star wars made it great made it fun made it entertaining like I'm telling you, I didn't expect a lot from Andor. 
did not. I was interested because of the showrunners. I was interested because of the premise. And I was interested because they could make this real. But I didn't know. I did not know that Disney would be a pull the veil back and let someone like Tony Gilroy, for instance, like work on a show like this and be that real. I didn't know they would let them do that. And I'm actually so happy and so glad. Maybe this means if this gets a good enough reception, maybe if so many people watch this, maybe if this is one of the most popular things like that I'm hearing and a lot of people say, like this is one of their, if not their favorite show, one of their favorite shows so far that they've done, even including like MCU stuff or whatever. Like if this is true and if this is case, maybe they take a couple of steps further later on. Maybe we get some stories that we never would have gotten maybe, maybe because the they were accolade. afraid to take the chance. Exactly. Maybe the accolade's a little darker. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's got to be, though. It's got to be because it's yeah. about and the I gotta side. And i got to say, Justin, I think it's unfortunate that Kathleen Kennedy gets such a bad rap from some Star Wars fans. So I'd like to remind those listening that let's keep in mind, Kathleen Kennedy greenlit this show. So even though you might have problems with the other stuff she made, she greenlit what might be the best Star Wars show ever. That's a good point. And she also greenlit The Acolyte, and she also greenlit Ahsoka series and letting Dave Filoni do his thing with The Mandalorian. Yeah. yeah. So, so let's yeah. give her the credit, too. <laughs> right, right. I think there are things to criticize, for instance, about her, right? Like, I do think what you brought up was a very valid point, that like she's done some good and great things uh, when it comes to Star Wars uh, throughout her time, right? Like, whatever it is, there's also been missteps. I think that her biggest problem overall is as so-called because people look at her as being the leader because they kind of like said she was. One of the biggest problems that I think she's had throughout this time is like PR department stuff, like public relations. You know, you come in and you hit the nail on the head with the, the solo series and you tell people like, look, I know you didn't ask for this story, but we're trying to tell this full story and this is where it starts with Solo, but it's going to lead into like other things. We need you guys to go out and support this movie and stuff. I, like I said, we know you didn't ask for it, but we wanted to tell this interesting story. But we have to tell this part of the story first. That may have would have helped so a little bit, a little bit. But she stayed in the background. She doesn't come out. She's not for you know for frontal about like coming out and saying things that she probably needs to say like to the public to make things go over easier. She just kind of stays in the shadows until, you know, there's a comic con and then she'll be on stage. But with that being said, she has done great things. She's one of the greatest producers of all time. Like I saw somebody Look put the numbers out there. Yeah. yeah. Like total money, like producer wise, she's like the top three of all time. So like, she's not like somebody that is garbage and don't know how to do her job. She knows yeah, how to do hiring, her job and everything. Hiring Tony Gilroy. Come back with the stroke of genius. Yeah, definitely. I, I think like you guys bring up some good points there for sure. But uh, what do you think, Justin? Should we delve in and talk about some of the specifics of this episode? Yeah, we can dive in and talk about some of that. But like I said, like I know I talked a lot about that, but this is what I really feel about the series. Like uh, I really felt strongly about this series because, like I said, it's one of those things I wasn't expecting a whole lot. I, yeah, I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know they would take the handcuffs off as much when as they, they did. When they dropped that first teaser, I went, oh. And, then, right. and listen, give, and I, I know a lot of people give it to, to Diego Luna, like, for instance, and, and well-deserved, but, like, come on, man. Yes. The whole cast in this thing, the whole cast, to me, did a great job. Okay, and the writers, Emmy Award right? voters, if you're listening, the Emmys, if you're listening, please put some nominations and love for this show. 
Andy yeah, Circus, uh, Genevieve yeah. O'Reilly, as, as I think that's her name. Uh, yes, Dallin Skarsgård, yeah, even. Denise Goff, oh my word. Yeah, Kyle Fuller, what a cast. Even uh, the, the uh, Fiona Shaw, who plays yeah, Marvel, Fiona Shaw, yeah, gave yeah. an incredible performance. So, yeah, really, really yeah. stellar job by, by the cast on this show. Absolutely. It's uh, one of the things that makes it stand out. It's the writing, the cast, the performances, the story, really. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I do want to pull up one more comment on another level. Oh, oh my gosh, so so well done. Oh yeah, I'm gonna pull up one more comment before we start hitting the steals, Dagan. You can start bringing them up right after this. But uh, the Derpy Five Hundred First. I'm very excited for Ahsoka, but very nervous for the Alkalite because it's mainly the High Republic era instead of you know Old Republic. One day we'll get it. One day. One day we we'll might get the Old Republic. The crying yeah. face there, but I, like, I think we'll get it someday. Yeah. yeah. I think that things that are happening with Andor and possibly even with the Acolyte, especially if the Acolyte, man, I'm hoping they knock that one out of the park. But the reason being is because some of what he just said, like I, if if both of these knock it out of the park, right? Like let's say Andor gets some Emmy nominations and stuff like that, like Brennan brought up. Let's say Acolyte does some of the same and does like a really good and it's well-received by the public. This lets them know, oh, wait, we can take chances. Yes, we, we're allowed to take chances with some of this we, stuff. And we like different. Stories. We like different if it's done well, and this these are done well, you know. Yeah, definitely. And I, that, that guy has room for everything, ranging from um, ranging from Andor all the way to Resistance. And yeah, that's a big but, tonal difference right there. I actually think it's all, that it, if it's good, it's good. Yeah, but I actually think, uh, relating this to the MCU side of things real quick, I actually think I that this lens, say that. Yeah. that Star Wars lends itself, you know how like MCU's trying to use different kind of movie styles to like tell their stories and stuff in the MCU, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, uh, you, you got know, Winter like Soldier, America but you also got Ant-Man, yeah. Exactly, so like, I Comedy, think the Star Wars, I think the Star Wars, because it's so much more open-ended with all these characters and even like old ones you can pluck out if you want to, to do, you can do like really cool, a buddy cop series if you wanted to with like a particular characters in the Star Wars universe, uh, maybe even a horror story. You know what I'm saying? Like you could do all these different stories and put into this world and it'd be like really cool and really fantastic. And it's especially if they write, you know, good stories and stuff. I truly, like I said, Andor was that thing that probably was supposed to hit as hard, but somebody got up and they actually wrote a really cool story. They wrote a good story and then they put it on screen for us. But yeah, let's get started today. And if you want to start plopping up some of the. Well, we immediately things. start with, with an awesome Star Wars oh, shot of this yes, Star Destroyer yes. landing. And it's kind of like uh, was a little, little bit of a, oh yeah, no, sorry, Star Destroyer, the show. Thank you. So we brought shuttle. in the expert. Yes. It'll land <laughs> the quest shuttle. So this is why we brought you in, Brennan, uh, so you can help Thank me with you. some of the names of some of these things. But uh, we get this awesome shot of this landing. That's it's really cool. Yeah. Interspersed with uh, this character over here, uh, kind uh, of building this bomb and uh, get, getting this sort of this plan hatched. Um, but, man, uh, really, really cool shots. I love some of these shots in Star Wars because it's just like, man, like any a few of these you could use as like your, you know, wallpaper or something, you know. And it's like. When Disney bought Star Wars, it was these kinds of shots that I was hoping to see more of, you know, like yes, yes. Uh, almost a modern sort of palette backdrop, but, uh, yep. you know, very Star Wars in, in the shuttle, like landing there. Very like the original trilogy, a lot of gray, yeah. gray and black. 
Yeah, for sure. Like, oh, always reminds me of that opening scene of Return of the Jedi when Vader's landing on the uh, the second Death Star there. But no, um, Vader, yeah. it's an unexpected pleasure. Yeah, we'll be honored by your presence. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, then we get that, and then we sort of have this setup here uh, where he's building the weapon, and he's he's looking at this little hologram here on the side. But uh, really, really, really cool imagery as always to sort of set the tone, and I love that. I love how this episode and really the series overall. I told I told you I wasn't going to use that uh, banner up there, so I'll, I'll switch back from that. But um, <laughs> I, I do love that. Like the series really overall is like was like a slow burn, as people. People mm -hmm. are sort of saying, like, some people don't like that about it, but I love that. I love how it sort of started off maybe a little slow. That's not a bad thing. And then built on it as the season went on. And I feel like this. The payoff. Yeah. And that, like really this episode. Yeah. And this episode think, was, the, was the payoff. Yeah. yeah. I think some of the cool stuff that happened in this show is the simple fact of they had the opportunity if they really wanted to, right? They could have showed Palpatine like up at the Senate, like mm -hmm. doing something or saying something. They could have even had a couple of sneak peek shots of like Vader, uh, you know, whatever, right? That doesn't have to be a key part of the story, but they could have used some of this stuff that's in the sandbox or whatever, because obviously those characters are around. But I love the fact that there were multiple times where you could have said, oh, they could have fit in here and stuff like that, but they didn't go to that. They felt confident enough yeah. in their story that they were telling about these characters that we didn't know a huge amount about. I mean, the, the biggest character that we probably knew the most about was Mom Mothma, for instance, and she wasn't even the headliner of the show, right? She was this right. sideline character that had a really good story arc and stuff, I think, during this, showing how she became to get power tie of in. the rebellion that's, and stuff like that, right? tie in with what's going on with Andor, probably season two. Exactly. Right. So, like... But my thing is, is like that shuttle, for instance, like it still opens up things that you could use in your mind or think in your mind, right? Like, oh, wait one second. Uh, was that Palpatine? Was that the personal Palpatine shuttle that was landed? You know, there's spots that you can see and use your imagination, right? And kind of put them there, but they're not really there. And I love the fact they didn't fall for that. They didn't fall for the trap of like, oh, wait, we got these cool characters that are just hanging around during this time that we can throw in, you know, doing this, this and this. I actually love the fact they didn't do that. I love the fact that they like trusted their yeah. story and told their story. No forced Easter eggs. It's like, you know, as much as I love rebels, there's that one scene where they run into the guy and he says, just watch yourself. And ah, it's the guys from the cantina or whatever. But I, you know, this, this uh, show is very good on not like forcing things in like the biggest kind of like, you know, member Barry star Wars Easter egg reveal thing that we got was at the very, very end. And it actually made sense uh, with what's to come. Obviously if you watch, watch the show, but um, yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. This, the show didn't like shoehorn things in there. I think that didn't need to be. So definitely appreciate that about it. But then of course we got this, this meeting here, which again, talking about setting things to come, uh, uh with, with this guy and the guy that we think is, is good, but then he, uh, he kind of gives this look and the music, the way that this is set up yeah. alludes to that. There's something more going on. And obviously we see later on that he sort of sold them out, sold out and or, but um, as we got that going on, uh, we also have some more stuff going on with Mon Mothma. Uh, uh, where she's, she's of course, she's uh, getting this information or sort of accusing her husband of, of gambling problems that have come up with the past that he sort of swore he wasn't going to kind of go back on. And then she tells the guy to give them some privacy, but he uh, he's still listening in on their conversation. So just very, very, very interesting stuff that we got going on there. And I just love this shot of her sort of, looking out the window and sort of the whole uncertainty and of she her knew mindset. That a good thing. Yeah. Yes. She, she knew figured that it out. That, and yeah. 
Yeah, Brandon, I'm glad you brought that up because that's something I was going to say. Like, you know, some people may look at her character here and there during certain spots, you know, because she kind of like succumbed to the fact of her daughter possibly meeting this one kid, you know, almost like a set up marriage and things, something that she didn't want to do, but she ended up doing just because. But to me, that doesn't make her character like this was a cool part of the character. It was subtle. They didn't shove it right in your face. Like what Brennan just said is true, though. Uh, Some people that watch the show probably didn't recognize the fact that she knew that but yeah she set that up because they knew that she knew they were looking at the fact that she was trying to move money and then she had that argument with her husband in front of that guy about the gambling so now it's more about oh they're moving money because he's gambling again and now he's like losing money exactly so like she's moving money to fix a gambling addiction instead of moving money to possibly be funding the rebellion I actually really thought smart. that was really cool, really Very clever, cool. and really subtle. And I love it when things don't shove it right in my face a lot yeah. of times, man. I have to think about it a second. Because when you first see it and you're going through the scene, you're like, oh, man, she's screwing up. This guy is still listening. Mm-hmm. But then as you put piece to piece to piece together, you know, like one scene after they moved away from this, I was able to put that together pretty quickly that, oh, no, dude, like straight up 100%. She knew what was going on. She knew that that dude was yeah. listening the whole time. And even a step further where he's like, he kind of yells, she yells at her and she's like, keep your voice down. Like he's, he can hear us. And he's like, exactly. ah, no, he, he's not, he's not listening kind of thing. And they're like, okay, that confirms that her plan started working. So yeah, really, really cl- clever stuff with that scene too. Um, but then, yeah, we, we, as we move on here, we see Andor kind of makes his way over this. Uh, it's interesting. Later on, there's a scene with, where he rescues Bix, and Bix says, I saw you jumping over a wall uh, in my dream. You came to rescue me, and you climbed over a wall to come get me. And this, I guess, could be part of that, where he jumps over the wall, and then he encounters these two dogs, uh, which really cool. I like the space dogs. And then, of course, it turns out to be his buddy here in his junkyard. And uh, so, again, sort of setting everything up. Uh, you got guys helping Andor to try to get, get through the situation and then other guys that are coming after him. Yeah. This, this guy uh, is played by the guy who played Jamie Tart's dad in uh, Ted Lasso. No kidding. That's, okay. It's the same actor, yeah. What's this character's I'm, name? I'm going to add know? as well, I got a better uh, beard than he does. Just don't the, <laughs> the character's name is Tegla. Tegla, there we go. With a P, Tegla. Gotcha. I, I want to like, I, I know there's no more Schmodown or anything, but I, I want to like somehow get some kind of trivia match together where it's all the Disney Plus Star Wars shows. Just trivia on the Disney Plus shows because we, we unfortunately never got that with uh, the Schmodown. But yeah. Man, um, see, I'd suck again at some <laughs> trivia like that. But like if you tell me about, if it's uh, all questions about the story and what happened in the story and not like, I got to remember every little character's name or I right. got to remember the director and writer and everything else like uh, and all that, like uh, the actresses or actors names or whatever. If it's just straight up plot questions like about what's going on, I could go up against almost anyone when it comes to Star Wars, period. That's including the films and the shows. But like I said, I'm one of those people that I don't like. Star Wars has always been my escapism. Right. And when you escape from something, you're not there to study it. You're not there to try to train to be like. Uh, you know, some a mastermind that knows every little thing. And, and But some people are different than me, right? So they love to do that. And that's a way for them to enjoy Star Wars at a whole new level, right? But like to me, I just love escaping, becoming that 10-year-old kid again every time I turn on anything Star Wars and like really being able to do it. And that's another reason why I love the show because of the fact that like I was still 10, but I was that 10-year-old that was 
you know, almost crossing that line to where I shouldn't be watching this. You know what I'm saying? Where when I was 10, maybe I'm trying to like hide the fact that I'm watching Andor, you know, from my mom or whatever, you know, just in case she came in the door while I was watching it, because maybe it's a little too highly rated. You know, I shouldn't be watching right. it. And that's well, you great, gotta wait right? a couple more years before you watch that Andor. Show. Yeah, exactly. So go but watch, like, go that's watch the great. prequels again. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. And I loved it for that fact. I love the show because of that fact that like I felt like the 10 year old watching it, uh, watching Star Wars. But like that also that 10 year old feeling of like, oh, crap, like, you know, stuff just got real. You know what I'm saying? Like and, and I loved every second of that. But yeah, go on. Yeah, definitely. Um, but as we as we move on here, uh, we get this meeting of the Imperials, and you got this guy sort of, I think, like maybe starting to suspect a little bit, because obviously you got both of these characters are inner agents, uh, secret agents for that are working for the rebellion uh, that are kind of in the in inner workings of the Empire as well, uh, sort of as moles there. So it's gonna be very interesting in season two because obviously not everything got wrapped up this season. There's still a lot of open kind of plot threads. Be interesting to see what happens to both of these guys if they are eventually found out like who they're working for and how that all kinds of kind of plays out. Cause um, again, we got them, they're looking for Andor, they're trying to protect Andor, they're trying to protect the rebellion. Um, then like as, as we go back to Ferrix here, we got uh we got everybody sort of looking for Andor, including Stellan Skarsgard's character here. And man, I just absolutely love this shot of him sort of uh with the it's so good in the show oh it's so unbelievably beautiful and a lot of these locations are amazing yeah and I, I don't know if like some of them are if it's a mix of real locations or, or maybe they're using the uh i, I always want to call it the void but the, that thing that they use in the, the volume studio. the volume thank you uh yeah the, the if this is maybe a volume shot or if it's just a really really well done, well kind of pieced together thing. But I love that with the like the lightning going off, and you can tell mm -hmm. like the, some of the crazy weather on this planet. But yeah, um, and as as he's going through that, this storm is obviously I think far far away from the stuff that's going on in Ferrix, which is sort of got this very bright sort of look to it. And you obviously you got these two guys that are on their hunt on the hunt for Andor as well. Everybody's hunting for Andor in this episode, and they're all converging on Ferrix, which is kind of what what we sort of figured would, would be the case. But um, as all that's going down, we got Andor is sort of perched up high and hidden away safely in this, uh, this little, little hideout here for now until, you know, stuff kind of goes down a little bit later on in the episode. But yeah, man, I just, I love some of the cinematography here and the way some of these scenes are shot. It's just absolutely uh, gorgeous stuff for sure. Yeah. And I go back to the realism again. Like I love the fact that like, these ISB agents and stuff like that. And I'll pull up one of the uh, pictures right here. But these uh, ISB agents and stuff like yeah. that don't look like a bunch of fools, man. Because like a lot of times right. in the old trilogy and stuff, you'd be like, who the hell are these guys? They suck. Like everything bad happens. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't stop crap. But like in this show, they're proved to be like, oh, now I know why they're part of Star Wars. Now I know why the Emperor had these guys. Like these guys are out there doing yeah. things. Yes, maybe they still make mistakes, but they're making mistakes uh, it's weird to say, but even though it's a mistake, like they're making the mistakes in a smart way, not in just a dumb way or a befuddling way where you're like, what the hell are these guys doing? Why are they even here? Like you feel like, oh, my God, like these guys right here, they actually got some work done. Right. Like, yeah, I love the inner workings of this. And it kind of fits, too. Right. Like so they're like an investigation segment of like the the empire. Right. As a whole. But they they almost like go at each other and investigate themselves almost by accident. Like I really, truly love that part with the ISB, 
I've always kind of liked yeah. them and was intrigued by them because they wore the pure white and stuff like that. Like, oh yeah, we're pure. You oh, know, yeah. those guys are crooked as hell, but that is what it is. Like, that's what they try to portray. And I really love it. Like, I love that stuff, man. Well, I, I love, love the, it being added. The sanitary environment. Because in like what the first or second episode, part of guys is like, we're healthcare providers. Right. That's what he said. So yeah. yeah. So everything's like very clean and sanitary, but very I also like sterile. Yeah. 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 And even like that prison, you know, that whole thing was like, it was very like clean and shiny and sort of nice looking, uh, yeah. despite having some very like, you know, dark stuff going on. But, um, you know, I, I think I've talked about this on the show before. I want to get your thoughts on this too, Brennan, but just like part of what, what Justin was just saying there about like the realism of it all. You got your Darth Vader and your Darth Sidious that are have the, the dark side of the force and they're these evil Sith Lords and you have that yeah, kind of villains. thing going on. There's kind of supernatural stuff going on. But what's even more scarier to me is the fact that these are just people working for mm -hmm. the Empire. Uh, you know, these uh, obviously these two guys are working for the Rebellion, but like this other guy uh, here... And, and, you know, uh, Dedra and some of these other characters and these, these guys, right? Like this guy oh, yes. who had to grind right. his way back. Uh, they're just people. Like, they're just, minus. <laughs> yeah, they're humanoids. But there's like some really dark stuff going on where they're they're in it for, for the dark side and for the, the benefit of the Empire. But at the end of the day, they don't have the dark side of the force and they're, they, they don't have force lightning or nope. force choking ability. Nope. But it's almost scarier because of how much power they are and what they've they're the sort of, uh, you know, dictatorship almost element mm -hmm. of it all. The oppression of it, the fact that these are like um, fascists, really. Yeah. You know? No, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. But I, I am going to say Absolutely. this. I'm going to say this right now. I, mm -hmm. Especially with this guy, like you can see both of them right here. <laughs> Like, can we look? I gotta get, I gotta talk to Gilroy. Man, I gotta see him a little Twitter DM or something right here. Cause the one problem <laughs> I do have is why. Look, I'm about to do something I don't do very often. Oh my God. But why in the hell Whoa! does the white guy what losing hair? Why does that guy losing the hair bald and have to look like the most evil SOB you've ever seen in Star Wars? Right? So it's like, come on, dude. Like, come on. Can we give some of the people like can can we have a guy with like bad hairline or something like that be on the, you know, be fighting for good? How come all the good guys have like the best hairline you've ever seen? The, like they've the never even lost one hair in their entire life. Like the less on, hair, the less hair you have, the more evil you are, Justin. I guess, I guess so, man. Like that's some of that bull crap. I'm just saying, man. Like, I mean, you know, yeah, Darth Vader lost all his. So. Hey, that's a good point. Same with man, his got burn off, dude. His got burn off. Yeah. Palpatine has hair. <laughs> a little bit, but a lot of get a lot of it got singed off. Yeah, by, uh, his true. battle with the uh, mace there. But uh, yeah, yeah as, we, as we sort of move on here and talk about more of this episode, uh, we have this funeral I procession. The handicapped guy should be the most evil guy. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, we have the uh, this funeral procession for Marva yeah, here, which is yeah. really great. I love this music here. This sort of like yeah. kind of the or organ and uh, the horns and sort of the drumming. It's very, very like uh, I don't know. I, Ludwig Gorson did not do the music for this, right? It was uh, who did the music for this yeah, show? Yeah, Whoever it is does it's, a phenomenal it's, uh, job. Nicholas Bertel. There you go. Let's Nicholas Bertel just did a, a fantastic job with some of the music on the show and, and some of the little things like, you know, actual music, like musicians playing music, walking through the streets here. Uh, really, really cool stuff. And mm -hmm. then 
And then, of course, you have uh, the the big sort of reveal, if you would, where you get the droid that projects this big uh, hologram yeah. to the people of Marva, who sort of rallies the troops and gives this big motivational speech on sort of how, how they need to sort of stand up to their oppressors and start to rebel. And, oh, man, talk about imagery on this show. Mm -hmm. Like, I absolutely love this and the way that this was done and the fact that, like, it was almost like, you know, I kind of compare it. It's almost it's the tail end of it, really. But like when we saw Snoke in The Force Awakens for the first time, you know, despite all the yeah. other crap crap that they did with him later on in the, the movies aside. How dare you? <laughs> Man, listen, though. The, the, I'm the, the say, tank and the clone and whatever 30. it was. But my 30. point my point is, Justin, <laughs> that like the, the bigness of it, like the, it feels larger, uh, obviously, with the hologram being this the, the size that it is right for for both the, for, for snoke mm. and now with with marva i think Marva's i've got to say though dagan right. the only drawback with this right here is is if you like didn't see because i'm gonna pull it back up real quick that particular yeah. picture if you never had seen star wars or didn't watch the whole show came into this episode she looks a little bit like she palpatine's mama you know what i'm saying like Whoa. I mean, she's looking kind of evil right there. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can see her as a bad guy. So, obviously, she's not. And then the speech she's that she was saying yes. was obviously a good – was Yeah, was obviously, like, a good thing, like, whatever they were doing and everything else. Like, obviously, she's a good person. But with yeah, that being said, like – expressed here do not represent. I was like, dog, she'd be looking evil as hell, man. I, I saw this be thrown – Speaking of evil, I thought this saw this be thrown out there on the internet, uh, which made me laugh, which is that, like – we, we didn't see Andy Circus jump, right? Because he can't swim. So it's like the Empire, like, you know, taking him back somewhere and throwing him in a lab and put, putting a big scar in, on his head or something. Like, what's what's going on there? He's snow. I mean, he definitely. Snoke, damn it. I didn't actually think about that, but definitely that could fit, right? Like, uh, he's part of a plan to try to do this clone activity stuff or whatever because he gets recaptured. And then, like, instead of putting into, like, a, a boot camp situation like he was in, uh, they see him as like, oh, this dude's like, maybe this guy's powerful enough or, or you know, whatever. You know, they thinking as, that like maybe he could be like part of this clone project. As the resident Star Wars expert, that does not fit in the canon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's like the theory that that Clea is Leia. I like that one too. I think it's nope. just a troll troll comment, but yeah, no, 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 it does not make sense. Uh, Leia on now, the, the show would be be about thirteen or fourteen years old, I, I believe. So now, why would you automatically say that, Brandon? Because I know like it's pretty early in the timeline, as even before Rogue One and A New Hope. But the Empire and the Emperor has control, right? So like he basically had these ideas for contingency plans and whatnot. Obviously, the character that is Snoke that we see in the sequel trilogy is a lot older than what Annie Circus is, like, you know, that you see him in the show well, or whatnot. The Snoke so, that we see is grown in the laboratory. Right. Okay, I mean, you might, you might, well, but they could have took a human and made them be grown into a, you know what I'm saying? Like some evil, look, there's some evil stuff out there, guys. In Star Wars, even before Disney took it, like, there was some evil stuff back in a, a New Hope in the Cantina. You had, uh, Dr. Uh, man, dude, his name's skipping Evan, my head Evan right the same. Yep, Evazen. Dr. Evazen over there, he's wanted in 12 galaxies. That dude did some weird experimental stuff with people. That's like that's why he was wanted in like 12 different uh, galaxies or whatever. <laughs> systems, actually. It's systems. Systems. Yeah, 12 different yeah. systems because like he literally was doing like scientific projects on people. It was crazy. I love how we don't have to use Wikipedia today. We can just have Brennan. You know, he just knows. Like, it takes him like two seconds. He 
not the answer. I love it. But see, there's another point of proof. Like I know the stories. I know what happens. But sometimes I can't think of someone's name right off the yeah, bat. Yeah, like, the like, same. Look it up or something. Mm. I'm too much of a stoner to remember these names. But yeah, as we get, as we kind of get back to the show, we got. I'm gonna, I got another uh, nerdy question for you here in a second. Uh, as Marva gives this big speech and sort of rallies the Martha people, Marva is not stoked. Don't worry. No, Marva's not Snoke. Yeah, I think we can confirm that for sure. But we see the the uh, crowd start to fight back, and I, I kind of pulled this up. This was a fun little Easter egg. We got one of these guys uh, who we see in A New Hope is kind of one of the guys that uh, tells the Empire where the Falcon is eventually. But what do you know the name of this species, Brennan? And like, what's the name uh, of these guys? Kintan, I think. Kintan. Yep. The okay. name of the guy in uh, original Star Wars is Longsnout. Well, they call long it snoot. Okay. Long snoot. It's not snout. It's long uh, snoot. Long snoot. <laughs> I love that and, name. Uh, yeah, yeah. So like, he's the guy sounds that like tells a, it. Sounds like a Canadian trying to pronounce snout. It's snoot. Yeah. Yeah, but like, he is actually <laughs> the one that. That's the name of the guy that's in a New Hope. But this gentleman is obviously the same kind of species. The yeah. reason in a New Hope that the guys like that is because the species can uh, they can sense things really well. They don't have like the force mm -hmm. uh, or anything like that. But they have, you know, uh, ways that they can sense things a little better, smell things and all this stuff. Right. That like helps them in trying to capture things and makes them like good, either bounty hunters or like assassins to a certain point. And that's what the guy on the New Hope basically was. Obviously, this guy's like just sorry, the sorry, same species, but he's just a good dude. A, a Kubaz. A Kubaz. Kubaz. OK. OK. And the guy in the New Hope is named Garindan. Garindan? Garindan. Yeah. Garindan. OK. Garindan. And his voice is John Wayne, only modified. Oh, no kidding. Okay, with that. It's mm -hmm. like the thing, yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Yep. Fun facts there. I didn't but know. John that. Wayne is in Star Wars. <laughs> wow. Okay. Part of the canon, officially. Yep. Um, but yeah, as, as we see the, the, the people start to rebel here, we get the one guy that was making the bomb at the beginning of the episode, and he throws it. And I love Wilman. how this. Wilman. Yeah. Wilman. And I love how it sets off this like chain reaction where oh, it's like yeah. it's one yeah. one little explosion at first where it just like poof, and you're like wait is that it? But then it knocks over this whole uh, can of other uh, detonators and just poof, mm. it just turns into this massive thing. So much so that it sort of ricochets off and blasts a hole in the wall as uh, Andor's rescuing Bix here. Um, but absolutely love that. That was you know we we talked about how the show was like kind of a, a slow build in this episode for sure was one that had had some fun like action set pieces and explosions and things like that so really really cool stuff there i haven't really seen that concept be used as much in star wars i guess in like last jedi when they bomb those the, the the freighter at the beginning the dreadnought and you got the one ship and it crashes in the other ship and it kind of sets off a chain reaction here's obviously on a much smaller scale but just really really cool nonetheless where he tosses the one bomb and then it just sets off this like you know almost domino mm -hmm. effect really really cool stuff there and i think like some of that seemed like practical effects you know like certainly this scene yeah. looked like some real glass that was sort of shattering and everything so again props to like the the people making this show because they they've been doing some really really cool stuff with some of these effects indeed yeah but in in the fray unfortunately we got you know, we talked earlier about the stormtroopers not being as silly and, you know, running into walls and things like that. And, you know, the guy, the one general there orders them to open fire. And uh, one guy here sort of wrestling, oh, yeah. but putting the stormtrooper in a headlock. But, you know, the, these guys aren't as bad of shots as you'd normally think. And they actually yeah. gun the guy down because if you think about it, and I've, I've always made this point about the stormtroopers is that the stormtroopers are just people, whereas the clones were all clones of, you know, Django Fett. 
And so they all kind of had this pinpoint accuracy and these, this, the war tactics and everything like that. But these stormtroopers are just people. So if the people get really good at target practice, well, then they're going to be able to actually shoot and, and take out some people. And I love that. You know, talk about making the show realistic. The scene where they, they fight against the, you know, the oh, rebels yeah. start to, the rebels start to rebel, if you would, uh, ends in some actual casualty. And this poor guy that we saw giving, yeah, Danton. Uh, Danton. yeah Danton, uh giving the, giving Andor the news of his mom's passing in the last episode, yeah. uh, unfortunately takes the hit here and actually gets taken down. But the stormtroopers, you know, they, they take out him, but you, they, you see that they shoot and kill several of the other rebels in that scene. So yeah. really oh, making yeah. the, the stormtroopers, I think, a lot more effective than, uh, than they have been before. Uh, in this universe yeah. and and the cool part is is it's like because of where it's at in the timeline there's probably still even a mixture of some clones that's actually still part of the stormtrooper right. regime you know what i'm times, saying like yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, like some of the older ones and stuff like that yeah. so that makes it even interesting you know like somebody behind that mask could still be a clone at this time and stuff so yeah be interesting yeah is it is that true brennan that they like it was a slow phase out between the clones uh, yeah. And, yeah 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 yeah, they didn't just like murder all the clones that were right, still there. Right. By, by time that we, the rebels meet Captain Rex in season two of Star Wars Rebels, most of the clones had been phased out by then. Yeah, yeah, and that was it, about a few years after this. The series. Uh, this series. Okay. So, yeah. yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, because I remember I remember there being a level in the the original Star Wars Battlefront too, the one that so was, I, came out. In, I, I think by Andor, most of them are not clones, right? right. Any, anymore, but so I, just, I just remember that level in the 2005 version oh, of Battlefront yeah. 2, where you play as the 501st and you go in, yeah, and you you take out all of the remaining clones on Camino, oh, yeah. and yeah. including like the the all the experiments, the pods. I think there's one part of the mission where you have to like blow up the the pods so that they can't create any more clones. But it's really crazy and fun because you have to like you know figure out which guys are clones and it's it's a mission you kind of have to have friendly fire turned off on because mm. otherwise you're going to take out a bunch of your own guys uh because it's kind of hard to tell which are clones but that's what makes the mission really cool but obviously that game's not canon anymore so i don't think that that whole thing happened where they were sent in and to take out and wipe out camino but they did start get into that a bit on the um in bad batch. Uh, yeah in the bad batch show yeah so i, yeah. I think we'll get you know i remember when they when they first introduced that in Attack of the Clones, 20 years ago, by the way. Makes me feel most, old. <laughs> most of the fans are going, this movie is the stupidest thing you've ever seen. And here we are, when Dad Batch destroyed Camino, we we felt pretty sad. Right. When the Empire was, blew it up. So, yeah. We were nostalgic for Camino. Yeah, yep. it's funny how yep. that happens. It's, it's interesting how things change over the years. It is the perception of it all. You get this generation of kids that grew up with the prequels, you know, and like, I, I still think like there's that those movies certainly have their problems, but there's a lot of really yeah, cool I, conceptual. There's a I lot agree. of great, great concepts in the prequels that I think yeah. are now being explored more and even furthered upon in some of these series. So yeah, you got it. Def, definitely good stuff there. And then of course we, we also have these creeps. Oh uh, this, boy. <laughs> There's a little bit of a moment here. I mean, he he like kind of saves her life, and she's a little okay. freaked out I got her by him. I ship it. I ship it. <laughs> I ship it. That's so funny. I, I was it so hard. <laughs> I was getting some uh, some uh, Han and Leia vibes in Empire Strikes Back here, where yeah, they kind of like bit. she's like 
you know, not, not, not into it, pretending that she's not into him, but you can tell that they're like super into each other. And like, obviously in this scene, he's a total creep, uh, but she's like, yeah. I think kind of secretly into him a bit. So it's kind of weird, but yeah, I'm kind of with it. you, Brennan, that I, I sort of ship it. What about you, Listen. Justin? Yes. No, no, no. But here goes my thing. Like, they, they could go that way with the story, and I'd be perfectly fine with it. It is what it is. I mean, they both work for the they both work for the empire, and you can say like how big of a creep he is or not. But she's all yeah, exactly. But you can say how big of a creep he is. But like, let's not ignore the fact that she's a creep. I mean, so yeah, maybe yeah, they right. fit together, yeah, right? So like, yeah, li- like people two, trying two to like break this down pod. to where, oh my god, like that guy's such a creep. Like, how is she gonna go with him and everything else? It's like, do you can not you see like? She okayed Bix to be tortured in like a heinous, heinous way. Like, okay, like straight up, like she's not perfectly innocent herself. So even if they were to get together, and even if you think she, uh, he's a creep, she's a creep too. So like, let's don't forget that. But secondly, on top of that, I don't automatically think that that was are a they special. Are I don't they so, automatically. Are they so effing special? Are they I don't, creeps? I don't look. I just don't think that automatically you take yeah. that as the story just because she's like looking at him and stuff. And she ends up saying his name and everything in that moment. You got to think about it. She's literally hyperventilating because she almost got crushed to death out there by the rebels. He saved her life, creepy or not. He saves her life and uh, pulls her into that thing and saves her. And in that moment, I don't necessarily think it was Oh God, I love this guy. Oh, look at his eyes. Show so shiny. Oh, she was pianos or pianos are playing into yeah. no, but that's the point. She's obviously looking into his eyes, Dagan. But yeah. I'm saying she wasn't necessarily she wasn't looking at him swimming into his dreams, you know, you uh, and all this and, and piano music playing in the background. Like this to me was her showing this guy a little bit of respect. She's disrespected him up until this point. Her giving him a little bit of respect by saying like like basically she knows his name, saying his name out loud and stuff is like giving him like you know a little bit right because like he actually saved her life. Like mm-hmm. this yeah. doesn't mean that they're gonna be next scene smooching each other yeah, like holding hands walking through the home. park. What's that? Victor to need his mother. Oh. Right. Oh man. Oh, no. oh, you brought a nice little lady home with you. Like, but let's oh, look. God. I mean, I understand that like a lot of times guys are creeps and stuff, so I get why people go to that kind of stuff first. But let's also look at it this way. Cause we even mentioned this at one of the earlier episodes, Dagan, because like we were talking about like we were joking because he kind of does it like a creep or whatever. But like in the thing, I always said, like, well, maybe he just really likes her and stuff because of like her professionalism and stuff like that right like straight up 100 like he he's willing to go as far and then he sees her and she's doing it and she's one of the higher people up in the in the spectrum uh higher than he is like in a, a leader like he might like okay maybe it does look a little creepy but at the same time maybe this is all like not because he's like into her as far as like oh, I want to be married and make sweet love together. Like, Mm. maybe he's just really into her as a respectful way because of the fact that, like, he respects her doing what because he wants to do what she's doing, right? So it it might be a professionalism kind of respect, right? Like, even though he looks creepy. Yeah, I ship it. (laughs) I love it, Brandon's, like, so into the... uh... Oh, well, yeah. No, I mean they may become no, like think, a beautiful okay. couple. I think I get it. I think I get right. what Justin's yeah. saying. Yeah. They, I do get what they you're may saying, become Justin, like a beautiful yeah. couple down the road. I'm just saying, just because they have this one little moment where he saves her life, she's still, like I said, hyperventilating from almost dying. 
you know, from the commotion outside yeah. that like because she's breathing hard and she says his name, like that doesn't mean that, like I said, they're going they're even uh freaking best friends at this point. I was waiting like, for them to make out. <laughs> yeah, I was I was kind of waiting for that too. Is, again, I got the Han and Leia vibes. Like they came really close to uh mm-hmm. doing something there, but uh yeah, I, I, I think like and, and she even kind of says that in that moment. She says, like, I should thank you. And he says, You don't have to. That was that classic, classic kind of dynamic there. But I am um, gonna say one more thing and pull up the picture. Okay. As you see in this picture right here, it's not like she had a lot. Like, yeah, it looks like she's super close to him and everything else, like you're talking about the Han and Leia moment, but it's not like she had like a bunch of room to back up here. They're in a crowded space here. Like well, they neither did Leia this close. Well, I yeah, never well, neither did Han and like layer, layer put they herself never, in that situation. I'm saying, oh, well, yeah, she wanted to be super yeah. close. Oh, yeah, saying. there's a difference. Oh, yeah, <laughs> oh, but, yeah, right on the nice girl, <laughs> right? Hey, yeah, I'll wait for that uh, at some point. Wink and I uh, but, grandchildren, yeah. right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, as we move on here, and talk- say I did, uh, couldn't even imagine what their kids would have been like. Oh, somebody somebody uh, made a funny meme that it, the kid is um uh, what's his name from the, the sequel trilogy? Oh, there. General Hux. General, General Hux. Hux. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can see the kind of resemblance there. A little bit. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, yeah, as we talk about the last few things in this episode here, um, I, you know, Andor obviously oh. has to has to kind of stay back, and then we, we find out shortly there. I love the why. design of that ship. But look at that that shot, it's like man! A the ship, like yeah, the, yeah, the ship flying away as he's sort of running back and and just it's it like a Y wing. It's real. Yes, shout out to uh, to Thomas Harper there with the Y. No, no, no. Y wings suck. Y wings suck. And if you actually look at the bottom left hand corner there, that does look like a nose of the uh, Republic era. Hey, wild, Justin, wild who's, the, who's the Star Wars expert here? I think. <laughs> right, bro. I mean, I, come on, bro. Like, I think Y wings are cool. I know a lot about Star Wars, and they're like one of the lamest ships in the whole entire How galaxy. How dare you? How dare you? Tie fighters, baby. Yeah, well, tie fighters is pretty cool too. Tie phantoms. <laughs> Ooh, tie defenders. Yes, yes, yes. I, I do the like being a good whisper. tie defender. The tie whisper. Ooh, the that's a cool whisper, one. Yes. I'm gonna have to look that one up. I, I have to remind that's myself. That's Kevin Ren's type. Oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's yeah, very yeah. cool. It's tough. All right. I can... <laughs> Literally, that, that great foam that's right over there has like almost every Star Wars <laughs> ship in it, right there. That's literally foam protecting uh playthings, uh, Star Wars X Wing. It has all the like stuff, like the Millennium Falcons over there, the Whisper, the uh, I've got the silencer, uh, that Kylo Ren flies, and stuff silencer, like that. So. yep, the silencer, yep, mm-hmm. for sure. But yeah, the last kind of couple things that wrap up this episode, we got uh, the oh arranged my. marriage here. We finally, and I just don't know if it's an actual to... marriage. It's a get, it's an arranged get together, but I don't know yeah, if it's going to turn it's, directly it's, to a marriage. What, yeah, it's called, it's, it's called father. It's, it's when, uh, yeah, it's what they were alluding to here. And both Mothma, and you could tell, like, the one thing I want to point out is this guy's wife here. You could tell mm. it's very similar, maybe kind of look, sort of expression about what's going on here. Doesn't particularly like it someone else who was probably an arranged marriage for this guy, you know, and then it's just, but it's just the way that they're sort of brought up. Uh, Obviously. 
And then, uh, you know, the, the other side of that uh, with Mothma yeah. and her daughter and the way that she's kind of looking at her. And her daughter's and... into it. Her daughter's yeah. into it. Oh, yeah. She looks at him and goes, oh, yeah, he's it's cute. It's like, what's you know? going on here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and, and you can tell that. got really into it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting because, like, you could tell that her daughter for sure kind of wants to go on that path that maybe Mothma was scared of her going on. You know, like, I don't want to put her in the same position that I was in, but, you know, early she's, she's gotten a lot of pushback from her daughter because of that. And her daughter seems to kind of want to, you know, do what is expected of her in this sort of society and the way that this upbringing is kind of always supposed to be in terms of the traditions of this culture you know, so it's just very interesting, the two kind of different sides of it. And I love that. I love all the Mon Mothma stuff. And I hope we get a whole bunch more. I'm sure we will in season two, which then, of course, will lead to Andor and Mothma eventually meeting, I'm sure, and working together because of where we see him in Rogue One. He's the general, you know, for the rebellions or the captain uh, of the general. But he's, captain he's of ca Rebel Intelligence. Yeah. yeah, Captain of Rebel Intelligence. So that's like what we're going to get to in the next, you know, however two or three. Or one or two more seasons of the show, however, however mm. much they have planned out. So, um, very good stuff there. And then, yeah, uh, as we we mentioned that, sort of leading into that, we get this meeting uh, uh, between Mr. Skarsgård here and he Cassie Andor. Smiled. He finally smiles. I love it. He finally gives a smile because uh, Andor is basically like, either you kill me or I join you. Oh, and, and there I you go. Gotta say, I just got to say, leading up to this. I'm actually glad that none of the major characters died. Yeah. I, I'm glad that they continued because their stories are so interesting. And, you know, Brasso and D2 and Dix and all these other people. I'm just glad that they're they're going to live to fight another day. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen in season two, but I'm glad that the show didn't take the predictable route. Of killing off a bunch of them in this season. I agree, Brennan. I, I really like that as well, where it's like you got to figure a few of them, particularly Skarsgård, I think may not make it out of the show. Yeah. But there's still so much story. You know, there's plenty of story with all these characters to span over the course of multiple seasons of television. And so. give them all the Emmys. Give it all the Emmys, I tell you. Yes, I agree. Um, but then the last final shot, we think the episode's over, the credits roll. And oh, we get yeah. one more final tease, which is again, it's kind of the most like big Star Wars reveal thing that we've had on the show, right? I mean, like mm -hmm. you know, the, the end of Mar and season two of Mandalorian, we had Luke show up. That was a big thing, but it was very like Star Wars. Like you know, this show obviously was took a different route, but oh, there's still things that make it feel I, like Star Wars. Yeah, and I have to point out as those Death Star teases are getting put together. We saw that scene in Rogue One, so I think this is the same scene where we see the the dish being put in Rogue One. Just interesting from a different camera shot, and obviously it zoomed out. I think it's like a time delay, you know, like a like where they speed up the time. Yeah, I think it's the same shot we saw in. Uh, yeah. In Rogue One, where the dish is like getting yeah, put I think, in. Though Death it wasn't Star. an origin yeah. of the planet, but maybe it was. Maybe we never saw that in Rogue One. 
Yeah, or or maybe I I figured this process. Yeah, and I figured the process of putting that dish into the Death Star like took a while. Didn't just like happen in 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 a few seconds. It took like however long space time is. Scene where we see Tarkin. Yeah. In Rogue One, he's looking out the window as the dish is getting put in. So I think it's the same scene. Just for a different, just a little later angle. on, or a different, different angle, different, different camera angle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I, I gotta say, I absolutely love how this was done, where it sort of starts with these little micro droids, if you oh, yes. and they're piecing it together, and you almost kind of look at it and you go, "Huh, is that like the?" At first, my first thought was, "Is this the, the, the prison that they escaped from?" I thought from it was Tie Fighter wings, to be honest with you. Interesting. Yeah, so it doesn't look like that. Both you and me thought it was something different, Justin. But yeah, I thought it was maybe like okay, they've replaced the workers on the prison planet with with these droids, with these little droids. But then, as of course, as we pan backwards, yeah, it looks we start like to see this they're thing. building the rim of the weapon. Yeah, yeah, and it was at this point when I was going. Yeah, and, and, and the closer it, it zoomed out, it goes like a couple different times, and by maybe the second or third time, once we got here, I was like, okay, now I I know what this is. And then as it pans back where you go, yeah, there it is. There's the big, big, bad Death Star. And I love it, man. Like, you know, you talk about Star Wars having different characters and things like that, but there's certain, like, objects or vehicles or, or, or even, like, planets that almost feel like a character of their own. You know, you talk about New York in Marvel, the MCU. New York City almost feels like its own character, right? It's so important to that universe. Mm-hmm. Whereas Star Wars, things like the Death Star or... You know, another example, like the Millennium Falcon, they feel very much almost like characters. You know, I mean, they're these objects, but they're so vital and important to everything that's going on around it that they almost feel like their own characters. If You know what I mean? If that Does that make sense to you guys? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so good stuff, man. I, I Overall, I think this show is is like top notch. It's the top top of the the rankings for me for it's elevated for Star Wars. Star Wars. Right, let me compare it to the Dark Knight. It Ooh. takes the 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 franchise and elevates it beyond the confines to make it. This isn't just good Star Wars. This is some of the best streaming ever. It's like uh, if Batman Begins was Rogue One. This show is yep, the Dark Knight. The Dark Knight, you got it. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. I love it's that analysis. Yeah, level. totally agree. Totally agree. So, any award, any award voters out there, please take notes. Absolutely. I, I, no, I think I'm gonna hope that they would. But yeah, I totally agree. And this is kind of a show uh, that I think that you don't have to be a Star Wars fan to particularly love. Yeah, things the greatest thing out there, there that like. Uh, you can be a told just like, hey, I'm going to just check out this series because I'm bored. And I think you could actually, if you give it the chance, you know, and you make it three episodes in or so, uh, which I've always gave shows at least three episodes before I decide if I'm going to keep watching or not. But and I think a lot of people should do that overall because you got to build up a story first. And everything that you build up, when you build up a story, not necessarily everything's going to be the most exciting, but you got to build those, put those building blocks there and everything else and i think that like people that may not even love star wars or even like star wars for that matter could actually find enjoyment out of this show who cares yeah, i agree about yeah. uh the surrounding things like it's still a good story like it's written well the story's told well the you, know, you feel is, the emotion from the characters and stuff. you know on star wars the acting is usually very melodramatic right or cheesy this, this, this plays yeah. it straight oh yeah yeah this plays it completely straight totally agree 
Yeah, I mean, again, you got guys like Stellan Skarsgård in there, and yes. Diego Luna, and Genevieve O'Reilly, Fiona Shaw, and Andy Circus, Andy Circus, yeah, yeah, Stuff, Kyle Fuller, yes, definitely, I would agree with that for sure. But yeah, uh, Brandon, man, thanks for joining us here for the the season Thank finale. You. Sure, we'll probably try to try to get you on for one of these things again in the future. Uh, anything you want to plug or any final thoughts you have as we wrap up here? Well, as the, as was mentioned before, you can follow my podcast page, sure as they were not. YouTube, Spotify, Anchor, Google, Apple, all those usual places. You can follow me on Twitter at Brennan Mystical. You can follow my podcast on Twitter. So, if Twitter still exists soon. Um, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> at H-Turners underscore pod. You can find me on Hive at Brennan R. Instagram at Brennan Blue and hanging out with these guys here on LGR. Yes. Uh, Brennan brings up a good point. He is, uh, we really, really appreciate him. Proud supporter of our Patreon. If you guys want to join our Patreon, uh, higher perks might get you access to actually join us for one of these shows. But, you know, and let uh, me just say, as a member of the Patreon, it's worth every penny. Thanks, man. We appreciate it. Patreon.com slash LGR underscore network is where you can find that. And the, the lowest tier is only a dollar. And that, that gets you in and have fun conversations with us through the wee hours of the morning about all sorts of fun stuff, sports, Star Wars, all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, man, I appreciate all our supporters there. Uh, Justin, you want to wrap us up here? No, you know what? I want you to go first because uh, I'm going to take us out, if you don't mind. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, you can find me at, on, on all the social medias as well. I got my uh, Instagram going there now as well. So Instagram.com slash DaganSB and at DaganSB on Twitter there. Uh, if uh, if it still exists, at D-A-G-A-N-S-B. And I uh, got some fun stuff coming up this week, man. We got the... Uh, the wrestling trivia show happening on Thursday. That's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a Starcade Iron Man match. Their first ever Iron Man match here on the channel. Uh, we got Soda and the returning Mike Sempervivi going head to head. So that's going to be really, really fun and exciting. 20 straight minutes of Starcade questions. And then the, the, the competitor with the most points at the nice. end will win the match. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, that's uh, pretty much it, man. Uh, check out Walking Dead. We got some Walking Dead reviews as well mm -hmm. coming up here, as well as the reaction that I did to the episode where you can actually see me cry on camera. So if you want to go check that out, uh, it's also right here on the channel right after this. And uh, yeah, appreciate all your support as always, everybody. Over to you, Justin. Yeah, I'm going to end with this. Is, uh, you know, uh, maybe it'll be an upper, maybe it'll be a downer as according on how you like you look at it or whatever, but in a time that we live in today, man, like we just got through COVID and it's not even over. We're pretending like it's over, but it's not. But we're at least pretending like that's over now. But going through COVID, uh, the recession, you know, people having to, like struggling out there, you know, everyday lives, just trying to get food to feed their family, uh, gas to get back and forth to work. Uh, all these things, man, like even with me, you know, in my personal life, being a single father through this era, uh, being uh, someone who found out they had diabetes, you know, like a month and a half or two months ago and having to like change the way they live their life and stuff and how tough that is to be able to like have to switch on a dime uh, to just even be here, you know, on this planet, on, on this earth that we live on and everything else. With all those things surrounding us and all those bad things happening on this earth that we can't control and have nothing of, one thing that we can do and one thing we can control 
it is to try to be like a positive person, right? Like to try to like uh, look at things and see things and, and, and try to like escape the bad times. And the reason why I love Star Wars, the reason why I have this stuff hanging up behind me, the reason why I have this hat on, the reason why I have a uh, freaking lightsaber in the trunk of my car that I've left out there after Halloween. But the reason why I have those things and I have fun with those things and stuff like that is because of the fact that it takes me away from everything that's bad that happens in this world. Mm. I, I forget I become 10 again. I forget I have diabetes. I forget that I struggle like being able to pay my bills or being able to buy food to put on the table. I forget all those things in those hours to, to, to 30 minutes or so, according to what show I watch, whenever I'm sitting down in front of Star Wars, I just enjoy it. Learn to be like a positive force, right? Like even if there's things you don't like, there are some things you can be positive about. It is what it is. Not everything in Star Wars is going to be made for everybody. Every single person is not going to like every single story. Some people out there may not like the Andor story because of the fact that it doesn't have the fantastical beings or the lightsabers or the, you know, the Sis and the Jedis battling each other. And I get that because you love that part of the story. But just remember, there are other people out there in this world that love some of the realistic stories that could be told in the Star Wars universe. And, you know, it doesn't matter about all the little bitty nuances or, or any of that just escape. That's the biggest thing. That's why you turn your television on. Anytime you turn your television on, unless you're watching the news, you turn your television on to be entertained, to be able to escape the things that are happening in your life. That's not the greatest in the world. You know, we all have things that happen to us, no matter what it is, losing family members, losing friends, whatever it is, we all have bad things that happen and stuff like that. And we just want to be able to shut our minds off and be able to enjoy and have fun again. Whenever you turn on Star Wars or the MCU or Harry Potter, Forget all the outside influences, forget commentaries from people, you know, on YouTube or the Internet and everything else. Watch it and escape. And if you're able to escape the world that we live in today with all the bad things that I've mentioned all throughout this whole little little speech, this impromptu a rant or whatever you want to call it. Like if you're able to escape even for a moment, be grateful. Because a lot of people can't do that. A lot of people can't even enjoy this form of entertainment, they, uh, of, of entertainment because they live in a place to where you don't even get those things and stuff like that. But be grateful that you're able to do that and you're able to escape and you're able to possibly have a good time and put a smile on your face. Nobody cares if there's screws or bricks a certain way. Why are we even worried about that? Enjoy the show. Enjoy the story for what it is. And until next time, guys, I hope you love Star Wars. And peace.